Yo, summertime days in the summertime rays. How do I love thee? Let me number the ways. One, love how the sun is untamed. So much rain, that time the summertime came. Choose for the music we bump when we cruise. And I might go deaf, but that's up with a soothing three. It's for the company, chilling comfortably up in the sun. Hey, and welcome to episode 25 of the Clubcast. Awesome milestone. A podcast about pop culture and social commentary from Asian American perspective. I'm your host Marvin Yue. With me, whoa, Minji's back. Hey, whoa, hey, hey, Christine Minji Chang. What is up? My co-host has rejoined the podcast, <laughs> and I'm withering away. I'm trying to fight a cold again. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us tonight is a full house. Oh, uh, <laughs> everywhere you look. Anyway. <laughs> We got Juliet Chen from 18 Million Rising and Fascinations. What's up, Juliet? Hey. And we got two collaboration staffers joining us that we uh, we kind of dragged in here because we needed to use this place. <laughs> uh, we got Li Yang and Jen Zhu. Hi. How are you guys you doing? You really do have this very emphatic, it's distinct... It's your, your what? It really throws people off when they meet me for the first time. Is this your pro- I'm thrown off it's right my now. Is this your professional, like... It is. I am a, profe- a professional eyewear. I am a professional phone operator. <laughs> <laughs> we all have the voices. This is why I love the theory that... We're, I think Meryl Streep said it. She said, everyone's an actor. Because you have to play a different role when you talk to different people. So there, there's your sale, <laughs> phone salesman voice. Yes. We're also joined, we're also joined here by um, Lee's dog, X... Who's just Who's chilling there? Who's it being actually pretty calm for? for he's occupied. Yeah, and we have Jen Ju, who we all love and adore, and we've already been talking for like thirty minutes, and we're trying to stop. Yeah, you guys waste a lot of good content there I talking, know. but okay. well, Juliet's here visiting from New York City. Welcome, New York. Sorry, yeah. stop singing. And every single time sing I'm here, on, yeah. I just don't want to leave, especially when I know that New York is just like this sweltering hot garbage smelling <laughs> lovely city that i live in which everybody else romanticizes and they're like i want to go to new york i just want to go to the city yeah i still think like that well i mean people actually living in the city is another thing that's why i said mm-hmm. if i moved to new york i was like i'm gonna go for two months <laughs> i'll i'll go like september october when it's lovely and then bye <laughs> see the good thing about living in new york though is that, like because i live in queens it almost doesn't feel like i live in new york city because i still have to because i still have to go all the way to manhattan and summer in new york is like so amazing yeah yeah but how how long is it from queens to like where you usually like to the center of manhattan where i'm at it's like 30 minutes okay mm-hmm. that's a little commute by subway yes I can't get used to your voice, Lee. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I Jen will be it, giggling the entire podcast. <laughs> and plus, Lee and I are sharing a microphone, so this is this is we're getting close. Yeah, get we're getting close, close get and close lean, yeah. lean in, <laughs> lean in, Lee. <laughs> so it's been quite a week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, tired. <laughs> <laughs> and Minji's just about to head out to Houston tomorrow morning. Yeah, I am for collaboration Houston. H Tam. I'm going down. Excited. You just you, you came back from San Francisco and start complaining about how, how hot it was down here. And then I have to go somewhere worse. It's life's ultimate yeah, irony. The Gulf of Mexico where it's just 
sweat. I was just there in March and it was hot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was there. I took a day there during South by Southwest week and it was already hot then. So I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this summer though, like all the weather in the different cities have just been like swapped. I went to Portland and it was like 100 degrees and just like super, super hot. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm in LA and it's like 70 and foggy and yeah. cold. This and weather is like weird. weirding me out a bit. Well, to be it rained during the weekend so that kind of you know rain on my birthday it like, like it was a thunderstorm oh it was your birthday happy yeah. belated birthday Minji. Oh, thank you sorry i just not trying to plug my birthday i'm like that was interesting because i was supposed <laughs> to have i was up in the bay unexpectedly and i wanted to have this whole like yeah you planned this whole party whole bonfire yeah. and like all this stuff and it was like a thunderstorm i was like oh see mm. this is why things happen for a reason because it would have been wrecked anyway you know so how are you enjoying your new decade i love it you know, like so many people were like, oh, it's so overhyped and everybody's like, oh, when you turn 30, it's like nothing changes. I was like, it did for me. It's pretty overhyped. It's like 20, it is 21's pretty overhyped too. I did not give two craps about 21. Really didn't care. But like 30 for me was kind of just because the way 20s were going was so intense and there's so much. I really look forward to it's like, oh, that's the point where I really become a woman. But <laughs> I, I felt it felt good. It's just me mentally. Yeah. I was like, yay, leave is you're like okay i'm gonna leave certain things behind and not you don't have energy to care about stuff anymore i think you just as you grow older you just care less about the things that you know you can't really do much about exactly and just focus on you know yeah what works well you still get mad you're like "Eh, no (laughs) (laughs) not worth it not worth it you do get more and more annoyed by youth maybe just like a constant stream of annoyance rather than like pent up like bursts of energy exactly Because you know, <laughs> this is okay. To, I'm just irritated. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to take a woo-saw break now. Well, Julia just finished college, right? Yes, finally. So what are your Wait, pearls what? of wisdom for <laughs> Juliet here? Pearls of wisdom? Everything's uh, time management. Everything. That's what I didn't learn in college that I feel like I should have. Because there's so much on the line. That's what I didn't grasp. And it's funny. I ended up walking around UC Berkeley. I was in the Bay um, helping out my parents. My grandfather passed away. And um, it was really, again, I really think everything happens for a reason. I was basically catapulted back home for a full week right before I turned 30. And I had revisited all these like old haunts. So I walked around college. And I was just so shocked because we were talking about nostalgia and like smells and, mm-hmm. and sounds that really trigger memories. And it was a complete time warp. And I was like, I walked around here, yeah, 10 years ago in my early 20s when I thought I knew everything. But at the same time, I was so scared of a lot of things. It was just really bizarre. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very big realization, like how much I have changed from that time and how stupid I was. It's like going back <laughs> and reading like your old Zangas or yes. like journals and realize yes. like, that's the worst. Do you do that? You do that, uh, right? Oh. I archived and your blogger. Mm-hmm. I think I deleted my I blogger. Mine. I archived when Zanga threatened to shut down yes. if they didn't get enough money. I archived my seven years worth of <gasps> Seven years? Seven years. Have how, you reread it? How many of those were personality tests? Not that many. How many of them were poems? Not that many. How many were song lyrics? <laughs> I did song lyrics. Some song lyrics. <laughs> a lot of it was me. How many pictures of Jay Chow? Ooh, um, a couple of really intense long articles of my with <laughs> Jay Chow. Um, but most of it was really, really passive aggressive, subtle ranting. Yeah. Where I hint at things, 
but I don't necessarily call anyone out. Oh, you but if they read it, they'd know who they were. I think if you're close enough to me, you'll figure out who I'm talking about. You'd but be surprised how much goes over people's head. Yeah. It's like the person you're talking about suddenly messages you like, I know, right? Like, it's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, homie, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Do it for the e-props. Yeah. I that's the thing with like social media sometimes. And that's why, that's why I like post less about personal stuff these days just because like I just feel like I'm just posting to get like the props or the, the, validation. Know, the validation and like realize that I'm like okay delete you know <laughs> yeah. I wrote it out that's enough you know I know where I'm thinking it like because sometimes you don't know who reads your stuff you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. that actually I read your today, stuff except I went ahead and posted it but it was like luckily not something too serious I don't know if any of you have saw it, but I was walking, uh, I had breakfast with Christina Wong this morning, and nice. I was walking back to Shamira's place, and a bee landed on my shirt and just stayed there, and just like kind of slowly crawled like on my shirt I for saw like that five post. minutes, and that's one of those things where it's like, okay, I probably didn't need to share this with the world, but I'm freaking proud of the fact that I didn't smack this bee, and I like walked next to a rose bush so that I could fly away, because bees are like... I would have liked that status. I love that. Well, Honestly, yeah. I am very passionate yeah. about bees. I watched a documentary on Netflix and I'm like, and when she posted <laughs> that, she wrote this whole thing and she's like, and I'm so proud of myself because save the bees. And Hashtag like, save the bees. That's an interesting like, story. Right though. Back crying. Yeah, I love those. That's like, inc- I think- I'm, I'm saying more like, you know, like, I'm sad today. And everyone's like, what's wrong? Mm. You know, those posts. Not the, you know, the, 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 like the bee posts, many I, think, of those I think that's worth it. I, as, I, I, oh, think some people, people I, I think people have kind of gathered, like, if you don't, no, like, people appreciate, like, you can say you're sad. I said I'm really sad because my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, it, because it made me think of certain things and I'm like, holy crap, now I have to really manage my time better and appreciate mm-hmm. things. I love that because it's a reminder, you don't, you're not going through it. But you're like there for your friend and stuff. But yeah, the passive aggressive stuff of like yeah, right. And, and it it'd kind be of great if people were like responsive and like <laughs> I don't know. I would write something like that. Though. I mean, but I mean, I think that's like that's why I, I I love what Juliet does, and I have a lot of respect for people who can be outspoken. Just because I f- I find myself monitoring myself so much. Mm-hmm. So I like uh, when someone is is very has a strong opinion. They articulate it well in an intelligent way, and. Whether I agree with it or not, to a degree, it like depends on how extremely <laughs> we disagree. But to to a you know a basic degree, I'm really res- I admire that because I'm just like I've done that so many times. Like I've re- a stupid Facebook status and I'll delete it. I'm like, no, that's not. Really <laughs> yeah. So how do you- that is one thing that I've I feel like I've like gotten better at um, as I've gotten older is just kind of like managing my social media like arguments. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first started getting into blogging and just kind of like social media, um, just like stuff, mm-hmm. I would post these like super, super just inflammatory things. And they're still my opinions. Like they're still my beliefs, but I can phrase them in a way that doesn't have like 50 of my Arizona high school friends that are all like white guys just commenting, be like, not all men are like that. Uh-huh. And it's turning <laughs> into this giant flame war. Whereas uh-huh. now I can be like, you know what? We can agree to disagree. Who wants to get some lunch tomorrow? <laughs> Let's, talk it out. Let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. You know, because you would engage in that, right? Like, there's yeah. no way that that. I would scream ends. at you know, yeah. quote unquote, scream. At all them. caps um, it. All caps it. All caps it. <laughs> I actually have a really exciting Zanga story that I'd like to share. Please do. Um, <laughs> some people know about this. That's the best some way people to don't. It. But it involves Ki Hong Lee. Nice. Ooh. So, so Kiyom. <laughs> 
So back in the day, when I used to write these open letters to guys that I saw that I thought were cute. Um, (laughs) So I I think I started Craigslist misconnections. (laughs) In my thing up. But um, he was a waiter at Tofu Village in Little Tokyo. And I think his parents owned it or something. And the reason I know this is because I wrote a Zanga entry called Dear Tofu Village Waiter. And I talked about how adorable he was and how nice he was serving us that day. And someone actually found my Zanga through Google because they searched Tofu Village. And my Zanga was one of the first things that popped up. Oh, my God. Oh, man. And so his friend messages me and was like, oh, yeah, that's my friend. Uh, He just graduated from Berkeley and his parents own that place. I don't remember what happened after that, but it's just, I, can, I can never meet him because of that awkward story. And yeah, I feel you like can. people keep I reminding like me. Do you like think he'll know? Opener, like, though. oh, you're the girl that wrote that open letter. You're, you're putting it out in the universe now. I know. I just, I feel like I had to share that. <laughs> well, now you have to meet him yeah, now and tell to, him that story. You actually, I think send you, it to him and then be like, <laughs> you know, years ago we had this misconnection, but I think now <laughs> that you're married. Now that you're married <laughs> and it's the perfect time for us oh, to be a movie star. I, I think the oh. universe also doesn't want me to meet him because every opportunity I've had of a chance encounter with him, it just never worked out. That's true. And I think that's okay because I think that's how the universe wants it. Well, would that be your opening line? Like, hi, no. I'm Jen. I wrote you a letter when I was Like younger. 10 years ago, yeah, I wrote you this, this Senga letter. But hi. It's directly from my heart. Kind of. It's appreciating all that you bring to the world. Before everyone else did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would have to be a hipster here and say that before people before magazine named him like 25 hottest or 30 hottest under 30, I, I actually. She yeah. knew. So what you're saying is you're, you're a trendsetter. Yeah. yeah. She's a trendsetter. Right. She's got the eye. That's not easy. She's like a model's link scout. Like, <laughs> I, I appreciate what you're doing. and I will write about it. Do you have any? Well, so like I haven't looked through all my archive things, but like what you, you blog all the time do you have any way of like detecting this is something that i know is going to mean a lot or like that i want to save or do you just kind of like let it all out in the universe i'm really curious as to people who do this for a living and like Mm -hmm. do it all the time i usually save the ones that i like really put time into and kind of be like oh i I think this is something i want to look back on in like five or ten years yeah i just like save it to my you know i save it to google drive because my computers are like always getting (laughs) you know lost or like spilled water on or something um but time hop is actually a really great way to just like remind Mm -hmm. myself that oh i wrote this thing and i like you know blasted it out on the internet like four years ago See, but I feel like that's what made you such a good writer is because you were gutsy enough to just do that. Because then, I don't know, I feel like people who never put it out there, you're never going to know what kind of, like, feedback you're going to get. I think everything's, like, the etiquette and, like, learning how to refine what you're going to say comes from feedback. Because, like, if you don't read your old stuff or have reaction to it, you'll never know. Like, yeah, I said some really I read my things. old stuff and I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> that is exactly how I feel about my old stuff too. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to go back and listen to the early episodes of this podcast. This is going to be really <laughs> funny. I did actually. I, some, I think it was like our third episode. I was like, oh no, turn it off, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because like actually one of the very first things I ever wrote on Fascinations was this like super short, like less than a paragraph long, like critique of Dumbfounded's um, co- like album or something that he released for Valentine's Day. And I was like, you know, some of these songs are really sexist, and I think one of these songs is, like, super playing into rave culture. And then, like, last year, this is, like, years after the blog and, like, you know, personal development stuff, somehow Dumbfounded found it, put it on his Facebook page, and I started getting a bunch of hate mail from his fans, and it was just, like, the most bizarre thing in the world. I was like, why would... 
why would he care what like a an 18 year old freshman in college on a blog had to say it was like two sentences when was that how long ago was that it was from like mid 2011 wow and it like reappeared did he say he agreed with it or no was he was he like just blasting nah, this is whack there. and then like all his fans were like this feminist needs to get laid i'm like oh, oh hell no yeah, it was like super weird. and what came out of that literally nothing i just got a bunch of hate mail like Ugh. how do you address your haters Sometimes I will try to find their IP address and just wow. <laughs> and blast it. Um, other times I'll just screen cap and just publicly shame them. But, uh, <laughs> you know, most of the time, like, I just have to let it go because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there are people out there who find joy in making others miserable or uncomfortable. And then if I just don't give them that reaction, I just, you know, they, they haven't earned the privilege mm-hmm. of my attention. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. hard, though. This, again, we've talked, I mean, we've addressed this issue in a lot of different ways, just from, like, people on YouTube and people who generally just share their opinion or create art or whatever. It's always, like, you put it on the universe, it's pretty much up for criticism. And people can hate, and there are tons of haters. I don't, how they have the time <laughs> to, like, watch this many videos and leave this many, it's but just then, bad. I mean, like, then, anything else, know? it's, like, curated, right? You have these, you have watchdog sites or, like, going through, like, probably search terms looking for the next person mm. to like you know maybe hate on i and, don't know you know the, the like it's interesting you guys bring this up because you know the the conversation of like you know feminism of like um black lives matter things like, things like that like the, the binary is becoming much more like extreme lately like, people are yelling a lot louder yeah i mean it's co- good that these I- issues are being talked about a lot but then like is it really being talked like, about that's my question it's like half conversation half like just yelling right half, yeah like just like mm-hmm. Well, my you know, question for you is that how do you distinguish between haters and people who are giving you valid feedback and criticism? Like how do you take that? I mean, usually people who give me feedback will like do it one um, using their name or like some face or like they're not hiding behind it. Oh, because Tumblr allows you to be yeah, anonymous. Yeah, Tumblr allows me to be anonymous. Yes. Um, Reddit will get like comments and everything. Um, I've had people make up fake emails, to, like email me hate. Which is just like you really took that extra step. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they're they're I'm, really serious. Yeah, they're, they're so really serious earning your right. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like, should I respond? It's like you put labor into this. Should uh, respond with like a gif of like double fingers, like two I, birds I or something. I love doing that. Yeah, I once I, I even made a gif of myself doing that and just just like put it out there. But um, yeah, I I try to like really appreciate feedback and criticism. But I think that's kind of like what Marn was saying. Like, how much of it is an actual conversation? How much is just like. Um, I I think what I think. I'm not open to any discussion. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna dump my opinion and run. That's the worst. I'm sorry. That's that's the worst. <laughs> I mean, I understand that people want to stick to their guns and you know trust your own beliefs and your own voice. But at the same time, I feel like as people, when we grow, it's really necessary to take feedback and you know try to. Well, but do you think all criticism and all thoughts are worth kind of discussing? Because I mean, I feel like there are some issues that. There is kind of a right side to things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess... You would think that, but yeah. the, the way a lot of some people like just argue the latter, it's, sometimes it's mind-blowing, right? But it's, it's a lot to do with just... A conversation that's come up a lot, especially in the U.S. these last couple of months, is the, the concept of privilege, right? The concept of, like, I've always thought that I've had the normal life, and you're telling me that like I've had it easier, like... It's, How dare you? It's, it's like a mm-hmm. cognitive dissonance, right? right. If, you don't ne- if you never knew there was a problem, and you suddenly realize 
well, you're, why, I'm contributing yeah. to the problem, and everyone's accusing you that, like, yeah. I can, like, that, that and that's what we're talking about, because, again, we were talking about this before we even started recording, <laughs> um, but just, like, where we grew up and how that influenced, like, the way that we looked at our own identity and how we take up space in the world and what's perceived as normal, right? Yeah. And everyone's experience is so different based on where you live, if it's metropolitan yeah. versus rural versus, like, yeah. I mean, are Jen you and Confederate I or your union? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's different. Well, Jen and I both grew up in a very Asian like area, the SGV. I'm not gonna call MPK six two six. And then we were talking about how just like when we actually moved to you know went out to grad school when she went to college to like place where we're a minority for like the first time ever. Like it was kind of interesting how I don't know how you feel, but I felt like I had a better grasp of like of like being okay with where I'm from than like some of the other Asian people that I met out there. Yeah, I mean, I think it does give you a sense of confidence and security because you've never realized that you were a minority growing up in the environment. I mean, uh, Mark Keppel High School was 73% Asian at the time. Um, But the other downside, or I guess flip side of that, was when I got to D.C., it was such a cultural shock, right? So it was the first time in my life when I I woke up in the morning, I thought, oh, hey, I'm Asian. (laughs) Because you don't think about that when you are the majority. It's a a privilege that I've recognized, and, and I'm really, really grateful for it. But at the same time, I think growing with this environment and having never left it, or if you've never left it, you don't realize the other kind of challenges and issues that the community does have. And I think leaving yeah. this place was good. But honestly, the day after I graduated, I ran home. I'm, like, I'm, I'm done. How I long need my back. Chinese food. Yes. How long did it take before your first racist encounter? Mine was like two days. <laughs> I don't think it was, a, it was a racist encounter. Again, it was that recognition that when I woke up in the morning, I was so self-conscious of my identity. Mm. And then the second piece was actually my freshman year. Um, the Virginia Tech shooting had mm-hmm. happened, and it was like a couple hours away from D.C., and the shooter was a, a Korean person. Um, and I remember just the whole campus, or like the Asian-American community, kind of scrambling together and be like, okay, what's our reaction to this? Yeah. Um, how do we respond? What should we do as a community? And coming from a majority Asian community, I never thought that I would have to respond. Like, why do I have to speak on behalf of this person or behalf of the Asian population? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I talked to my friends who are part of the UC system at UCLA. I was like, is, is anyone mobilizing back there because this person is Asian? Like, is anyone making a big deal? out of this and and no one was whereas in Virginia and in DC I mean we're organizing on campus and in the community I mean there are hate crimes against Korean store owners and Korean businesses so that was just kind of my first wake-up call as to how our growing up in these different cities and growing up with these different communities it actually does affect how you perceive yourself and what your identity is I know Minji had like a Fresh out the boat experience going from it. Yeah, my life Asian. is fresh <laughs> off the boat. I totally relate to. Yeah. Oh. But you oh, just Eddie. moved across the bay, right? But I mean, it was like to a different universe. Yeah. And I'm really, really glad that I did. End of the day, I mean, when I was 13, it was in the middle of eighth grade. My parents chose a really bad time to tell me we were moving. It was <laughs> right before I was going to go to my first welcome back dance as an eighth grader. Oh. They sat me down and like, so by the way, we're moving away to Pleasanton. I never heard of this place. And I'm like, huh? And I started first. <laughs> out in tears I got to my dance and I burst out in tears I spent the whole night crying but anyway like I showed up and it was in the this was 99 
or 98, right in the middle of the Asian Pride days. Ooh. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I showed up I in my, yeah. yeah, in the mm-hmm. baggy jeans and the polo sport and the messenger bag. And I just was, I stuck out like a sore thumb. Everyone was super nice, but it was, again, a really, really big culture shock. They're just like. the bleached bangs? I didn't have bleached bangs. I did sun in. Like, oh. I did a little bit of the Did you ever put lemon juice in your hair? I never tried lemon juice. I didn't go there. It makes it slightly brown. More brown. Yeah. yeah. But I did the highlights. I've, I've, I've done everything. It was just weird. But, like, it's funny that you bring up Virginia Tech because at that time I was um, co-president of CASA. And it's oh. funny. I'm like, I again, re- going back to Berkeley, I was, like, super... I was just really recalling everything that I went through in my Asian American identity because I Marvin knows this very well. I have a lot of issues with being Korean American, like full on. Part of me really has hated it. Um, part of me is super proud, right? And it's always that conflict because I just don't know which side to choose sometimes. But um, and it's funny. I have all this conflict, but then I was the co-president of CASA, <laughs> which has this very very gung ho Korean like image, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I wrote a letter. Um, in response to that, because the entire country of South Korea was apologizing mm. on for oh, for wow. this guy, yeah. mm. the, this, the ambassador or the yeah like some consulate general was like they did a I'm public sorry. yeah, yeah. A pol- on behalf of our people like I'm sorry and then my response really? I was like hell yeah. yeah I didn't even know that happened yeah mm-hmm. and so I wrote this whole letter and I was like look this is <laughs> awful this is breaks my heart whether it was a Korean guy or whatever but yes I feel a certain connection because it's a Korean guy however. <laughs> No, we do as we as a people have no need to apologize because this is not a Korean thing. This was a kid who was like really, you know, had a lot of issues and whatever, whatever, whatever. And I remember I mean, he had a manifesto, right, or something. Yeah, I don't remember, like, as many like, white kids yeah. have as two, you know, like yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm just it, it. It was, but it was very, very that that those two days were very troubling to me because I didn't mm. know how me as this. Asian American leader, especially being Korean American, <laughs> right. how I was supposed to respond? Mm-hmm. It sucked. It's very easy to get angry. That, that, right? That's yeah. kind of sets a trap because whenever a minority does something like this, is always like, oh, what's with their culture? What is true. in their yeah. culture? It's causing. Yeah. Whereas when a white person does it, it's like, oh, mental they are he's, mental he's, illness. He's, 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 you know? he's a happy yeah. kid, so smart. Yeah, yeah. and I, I almost feel like like. Um, like with the Santa Barbara shooting, the guy was half Chinese and he had so much internalized racism that in his manifesto, he blamed, you know, the lack of like the entitled women, you know, or the the entitlement he had for women. He blamed like all the issues he had like on his Chinese side. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about yeah. that. That was some messed up stuff. I mean, and Yeah. No, it's it's a very layered thing, and you can't like everyone can analyze, but the, it's like the frame at which you're analyzing, right? If you're looking at everything through a race lens, it's just really bizarre. Because if you, I, I'm sorry, if we just did a statistical analysis of mass shootings, right? I don't like. I think there was a statistic that there has been more white uh, white shooters who've done mass shootings than oh, yeah, any completely, minority, mm-hmm. um, completely. but they just don't get talked about or. They're so senseless. It doesn't make any sense. But like they all shared similar traits, and like I don't know. Yeah, which I work in public health. I just don't believe in anything yeah. like not making sense. Which is why it's good that you know at least um what's his face, Charleston guy is getting charged for mm-hmm. a hate crime, which yeah. you know for some reason doesn't always happen. These types of things, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like oh, you can't prove it was hate, even though like. Giant he had a manifesto, manifesto you know? targeting black websites. churches, yeah. posing with Confederate flags and guns. Like, oh no, yeah. it's not race related. Well, at that's all. the thing. Like, so <laughs> the mere fact, so um, the Confederate flag in general, like that flag should have been retired along with like the whole Rebel Army, right? Like, 
if you go back in Civil War history, right, when, when the Union let the South back in, they let them off super easy. They kind of got a pass, right? Oh, you're, we can let you back in the, in the Union, no problem, even though, like, oh, we destroyed your entire economy, right? And, like, mm-hmm. that kind of, the, the fact that the Union just totally destroyed the South kind of bred this whole, like, Southern pride thing, like, the South, the South would rise again, right? Because mm-hmm. for the longest time, like, they had to struggle because of what... The Union did. Yeah. And kind of breeds this us against them mentality and, and a lot of like... That's what just baffles me about humanity. How many things we're going to like create or sustain to differentiate ourselves. I get it. Like when people kind of just go to a really scientific like anthropological study of like <laughs> we try to categorize so we can try to understand these traits belong to these people, these cultures and da, da, da. I yeah. get all that. But it's like they also create it so that they can like... I'm sorry, but if we took out the race thing, it's like, okay, it's the men versus the women. Okay, it's the, the old people versus the young people. It's the well, people like who the are like, right-handed versus left-handed. There's always something yeah. that's like, well, you suck. <laughs> and like, place people in categories. And like, we yeah, can't like, sense. you know, like, we kind of create this like binary, right? Because like, the South gets like shit on a lot for like mm-hmm. being hicks, being whatever. When like, the South is actually a very like culturally rich place. Too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of like cool stuff that comes out of there. We live in a very, like, you know how, like, we talk about media is controlled by Hollywood, right? New Jay, York, yeah. Boston. Like, like. Uh, Jay Smooth actually did this really good video, and it's, like, 22 things from the South to actually be proud about. Like, <laughs> sweet tea, the word y'all. Like, there's some good things that have come out of it. <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting. Like, Wait, what, the, else? Huh? what else? What else? Southern hospitality. I don't remember anything on that list, but, like, <laughs> as someone who has lived in the South, like, fried yeah. chicken, Bojangles from the yeah. South, like, that chicken is Cracker Barrel. Can we please talk about Cracker Barrel? But Cracker Barrel's everywhere, so. What is Cracker Barrel? It's this great country store restaurant where you can buy sticks of candy for 10 cents and also have, like, what? home cooking. In 2015? Yes. It's, it's like, like Denny's, but Southern. It's great. Yeah, like grits. the country fried steak, yeah. right? Grits Love is grits. But, um, yeah, with the Southern food is great, which is why, like, mm-hmm. there should be more Southern food restaurants. Like, there's a lot in L.A. now. There's a couple in L.A. It's Apparently, yeah. yeah. It's so good. Yeah. But um, yeah, with the Confederate flag, yeah, that was really interesting because I have like a couple of really good friends of mine who grew up in the South and they kind of like, you know, one of them kind of rejected his Asian identity. The other one just kind of grew up like I did. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Taiwanese American. I'm Chinese American. But, you know, that's not like everything. But they didn't understand what the meaning behind the Confederate flag was outside of Southern Pride until they were in like middle school. Right. And, you know, they still have a ton of like Southern Tide or stuff or like Southern Pride stuff. And it's just kind of like. You know, it's it's interesting to see people kind of grasp onto one facet of their identity, like right. being Southerners, but right. then yeah. you know, how it kind of intersects with their racial well, identity. How do they feel about it now? Well, now they're just kind of like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, become, it's, it's become a sign of Southern pride, even though like in the, the basic, roots of it, yeah. it's basically an enemy nation's flag, mm-hmm, right? Yep. In the very basic, like... You know, but people don't know, so like, they, that's not because that's not what pleases them, and that's not yeah. what fills them with pride. They're not going to associate with that part of it, even though yeah. empirically like, speaking, it does represent. It'd be that. like someone flying the North Korean flag in South Korea in Seoul, right? Or like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, or like the band who named themselves Viet Cong. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> there's a white rock band that named themselves Viet Cong. They're, yeah, they're, they're amazing. Going on. <laughs> Read a book. Their music. I'm just kidding. Their music is uh, actually like not bad, Mm -hmm. and so like I've read multiple articles that are like, okay, like your music's not terrible, but all people focus on is Is your your terrible name. Why don't you just change the name? And if you really care about your music and talent, you know, just go with it. It's like that show Cougar Town. (laughs) 
really amazing. I heard that it's really good. It's by, it got um, killed because yeah. of its name. Nobody was wanted to watch a show. What would called you rename it as? It's, it's by the guys. Yeah, it's it's by um, what's his name? He did Scrubs. It's his follow up to Scrubs. Oh, no, Courtney Cox is the main yeah. character. Yeah. yeah, it's a really funny. Courtney Cox main character. I heard it's really smart and like uh, witty. Very. You sit there and I want you to come up with an alternative name for Cougar Town. That'll be more accessible and that might be well, more... That's something like, I think, you know, it's something that, like, words have meaning. Mm-hmm. Names have, like, historical importance, but because of pop culture, because of, you know, like, I guess art sometimes, like, they're Vietcom because, oh, it's a cool name. But it's become their identity, right? Just like how the Confederate flags becomes a symbol of Southern identity, right? Even right. though, like, it has so many bad connotations, but when it comes to, you know, personal, individual, like, rights... People get caught up in that. Well, sometimes. the thing with, with artistic, especially especially with artistic expression, which becomes such, we for good reason. I'm not. I'm not like judging that. Like we look to art, and especially popular culture art, yeah. um, whether that's literature or music or movies or whatever, that becomes a representation of this is how it was then, right? This yeah. is how this is a representation of how we as young people in 2015 thought. Right, and that can make some people want to wretch, and that can make some people really proud, you know. And yeah. who knows how we'll react ten years from now? But that's like the whole freedom of speech thing. That's why I think America has such influence because elsewhere in the world there are so many restrictions and so many, whether it's like literal restriction or just kind of implied restriction culturally. The issue with being Asian, right? Like how we're not supposed to speak unless we're spoken to, or how yeah. we're not taught to be super individualistic. We're kind of like part of a hierarchy yeah well even when it comes to appropriation right like what happens with like Abercrombie and Fitch when they had their like China laundry shirts or like geisha girls make it or white. things like <laughs> I remember but speaking oh, of God. I guess speaking of appropriation and reappropriation I mean we're talking about confederate flags now symbolizing like southern pride for example without taking into consideration the historical context um, there's people who try to reappropriate or like try to change the meaning or symbolism of words or whatever representation like really good example i don't know how i feel about this but taiwanese pop star lee home decided a couple of um, albums ago that he was going to reappropriate chinked out i remember that and i was like i don't i don't know lee home i don't know if you can do that i mean he's he's super smart like he is absolutely like he He graduated from williams yeah and he like he's 16 hundred on his sat's (laughs) <laughs> like i've listened to his speeches his... and he's like super well versed on like race and like gender yeah. and intersection mm-hmm. of uh, identity but i feel like as like uh when it comes to, like reappropriating or like not reappropriating reclaiming like reclaiming. a term That's or like a mm-hmm. like a concept i feel like it's like well who's trying to reclaim it and you know who is a term currently affecting like liham doesn't live in america right now <laughs> is very much like a domestic u.s yes. racial yes. slur that right. is still being used and, you know, it's like he can try to reclaim it all he wants, but he's still living in a country where being Asian is majority. Right. And, you know, and no I, one's calling him that. And the scary part is I don't know if the Chinese-speaking people are now thinking that chinked out is okay to say or that it's cool. It's like my parents thinking that Oriental is cool, and I'm like, <laughs> no, you can't use that word. And trying to explain to them why, it's kind of tough. Yeah. There's actually a great app. Um, I recently came back from Portland. Um, awesome conference there called Activist Mobilize. Yeah, Portland. Yeah, it's Portland. <laughs> uh, called Activist Mobilize for Power, and there's this really cool app coming out. Uh, it's, like a, it's like an add-on for Google Docs. It's called Say This, Not That. 
Mm. And basically, like, uh, once you have this add-on in, when you're typing, you can copy-paste, like, your text in there, and it'll highlight any, like, problematic words, and then it'll give you <laughs> a bunch of alternatives, and then also give you, like, a short description, like, hey, you know, maybe it's not cool to use this because blah, 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 blah. Um, that sounds amazing. When, like, do you so know when it's coming out? Uh, it is in production. In production. But if you just look up, say this, not that, um, yeah. lexicon for problematic language maybe i i, I feel like that would like called. eliminate half of the clickbait posts out, yes. like, well, in the world today it sounds like a that's, very that's the thing. issue right so like when <laughs> i when i talk with even you know people of color not, not just white people whoever right the, a lot of the conversation that people are the questions that people are asking which i ask as well are are we getting too sensitive mm. i don't think that for the most part i would say no this is, these are important conversations where we need to adjust the way that we approach respecting one another. I just right. think that there's, it's, we've, there's such a line of like, just don't even go there because you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You don't understand how offensive this is and X, Y, Z, right? But when it comes to comedy, when it comes to satire, when it comes to um, critics or like people that are kind of, we, we give them a little bit of a pass to be offensive or inappropriate because they're saying commentary like people were going all off on um amy schumer amy schumer yeah. that she's mm. this crazy racist i don't know the chick but i can't really see her as being like i didn't even read the article but i'm just saying like those kind that kind of lashback is so common now because everything is such a yeah it's so it's so sensitive right mm. like you said one thing and totally joking. And this is actually on the Nerdist when Paul Rudd was talking about it. Like, how do you monitor everything so easily captured? Everyone's videotaping you. Everyone mm-hmm. can tweet you. And all of a sudden, like, you're painted as this bigot who, like... I think it's just, like, a... I think our generation's in this, like, major transitional time. Like, with the rise of the internet, it's, like, just, like, public documentation. We right. were talking about earlier. You put something out there. It's there. It's there. It's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, these are super important conversations to be had. And it's definitely putting a spotlight on things that we should have been talking about, like, centuries, decades ago. Uh, and I think, you know, we're all kind of adjusting to that. We're, most of us don't have the vocabulary to really process these issues in like a really like productive and healthy way yes um so we, it's hard for a lot of us to just have the conversations because we're just not all there yet mm-hmm. um and so like especially for those who work in like entertainment or art mm-hmm. uh one of my favorite comedians is like Hari Kanabolu and he's like great at like creating really funny situations and like humor out of like very touchy and sensitive subjects right yeah. um I think a major question to ask is like, well, who's laughing and what are, what exactly are they laughing at? Right. I'm curious to see. Yeah. I, Cause for me, the one thing that I, I, I fear is that people get so fearful of offending people that they, that will curb <laughs> honesty. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that it's important for people to be honest about, and of course I'm saying that like from a very idealistic position, I get it, but like, yes, ideally I don't want to curb honesty for the sake of being PC just because you don't want to deal with the backlash. Like, I want people to be honest, and the honesty is what's going to keep driving the conversation. I feel mm-hmm. like once everyone's tiptoeing around and faking that, like, oh, I'm just being respectful, and I just, but they don't really, they <laughs> don't really feel it, then, you like, what's the point? Portland. I mean, having spent four <laughs> years in college in Portland, that's basically what everybody there is like. I mean, that's just why it's not surprising to hear that the app that you're talking about came out of Portland, because everybody there is so concerned with being politically correct and not offending anybody and they tiptoe, they tiptoe around the issue of race and, you know. Yeah. And, and like think, someone yeah. up there said that, well, you know, like, 
we just don't talk about race. Yeah. You know, people are dying in our streets. We don't talk about it. And that's what we call being progressive. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I, I just went up recently for my five-year college reunion. I had a good, you know, good, good opportunity to talk to some of my old white friends from college. Um, and uh, a lot of them were talking to me about being allies and they didn't know how to be allies. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing I told them was never say the thing, don't use the race or you're pulling the race card. You know, that is just one thing that you don't say, um, because that'll just anger any minority. (laughs) But I hope they can understand why they, they ought not to use that. Not just, just don't use it. Just don't. (laughs) They understand that, you know, they haven't lived the experience. They don't, they can't be in the shoes of a minority. Right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I feel, like I, mean, a, I feel like just understanding that is pretty much most of the battle, you know. Yeah. yeah. And just like taking that first step, that's like super uncomfortable, especially for like if you're a public figure and people are calling you out constantly online, um, it's really tough to kind of admit that you messed up. Like, right. It's just kind of like Very tough. Uh, that's part of like being honest, right? Like also being humble, being like, okay, I did mess up. I wasn't thinking, you know. And I, I think it's really important to differentiate between saying, I'm sorry you were offended and I'm so sorry for creating this thing that offended you yes you know taking responsibility for it yeah Yeah, we're waiting to hear from you taylor swift (laughs) (laughs) sorry i love you tay tay (laughs) she listens to the podcast no i do you just got you're gonna get hate mail now (laughs) it's true though like because i feel like that's what people should do and that's when people do that like it's refreshing when people oh they're honest like it kind of regains a lot of cred but you also see people you know, certain politician right now slash mogul with a bad haircut who's like doubling down on all the <laughs> insane things he's saying. And it's like, I guess that's another way to, you know, win like hearts and minds. It's like, let's just go for the crazies, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have a friend who's actually working for that particular campaign slash movement. And <laughs> it's a movement now. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's just like, and they just tell me, you know, they just get hate calls yeah. from both sides. Like, oh, you're not being conservative enough. Or just like leftists who are just like, can't I hate yeah. everyone. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Well, he majorly screwed up. Yeah. He, he, I mean, that's the understatement <laughs> of the century. But, you know. yeah. I'm Canadian, so I don't really have a dog in the fight, but. <laughs> That's all. That's that's Marvin's fallback. I'm Canadian. Marvin has a green card. He's not Canadian. I'm Canadian. Okay. Lee is Canadian. Let's be real. And IW Group just grabbed him. Yay, Lee! Yay, Lee's got a new job. He's Woo! He doesn't now he get, can stay. Doesn't have to get married anymore. And and then we're gonna hang out in his in his posh pad and record our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> eating his yes. gummy bears. I can't believe that happened. By the way, now we can do a little switch because I, I a little breather from racism Seriously? and appropriation, and because no, I, it really it just I get I'm emotionally exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> from life, but. Anyway, I just have to say this because this is really awesome. I walked in and I saw a, a plastic tin or a plastic container on Lee's table, and it was a bunch of push pins and paper clips, but they're all colorful. And I was like, I walked up to it all excited, but they weren't the gummy bears that I thought they were. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're not gummy bears. And then he goes, It's a good thing you I do noticed. have gummy bears. He had two bags and my favorite brand. I'm just glad you noticed before you grabbed the whole handful I know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't try eating them. And I got the new sour ones. I don't know if you guys have tried it they're yet, good. but they're, they're really good. And they're I really refrigerate good. mine so that they're extra firm. That's how I like them. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and, and we just realized that Lee and I are gummy bear compatible because I like all the yellow ones and he likes the other colors. So you like the yellow ones? Yeah, they're right. Like what a weirdo. Yeah, I like, wait, no, I, I get you. I love the yellow ones. Yeah. The yellow and the orange are the worst. I hate exactly. Orange. I can't eat the orange ones. Red and green yes. and white. No. Red, Red, green, and, green and, and white. So, yes. So we're all compatible. We're all gummy bear compatible. It's fine. You guys can it's all fine. share. We can share. A we bag won't of gummy fight. bears. <laughs> we won't fight. <laughs> And we can't eat them during this podcast because Marvin told us not to. Because it makes yeah, too much don't, noise. Don't chew on yeah. the podcast. Wait, so what did Taylor Swift do? I know she's in a feud with Nicki Minaj. But or? like, it's not a feud. So, sorry. I'm See, like, they know I'm all very, the things. I don't know any. I'm, I'm very, I feel very strongly about this. <laughs> yes, like, go. So, Take it away. Okay, so basically, Nicki Minaj posted a series of tweets kind of like calling out the racism in the AMAs. Um, being like, okay, you know, VMAs. Yes, I'm not great at pop culture. (laughs) But, um, and then Taylor Swift tweeted chiming in, assuming that it was about her. Um, Of course. And like, that's kind of like, you know, a lot of like, when, when you talk about feminism, it's kind of like white feminists kind of do that all the time. Like, come in, <laughs> assume it's about them when really it's about like institutional discrimination. Yes. Yeah. And then the media picked up on it. And then, okay, so first off, Nikki's response is like, what? No, I wasn't talking about you. I have so much love for you. But hey, you should speak up on this issue, T-Swift. It was like the nicest tweet ever. And then like, it life just went on. But then the media picked it up. And then <laughs> instead of focusing on the original issue yeah. of discrimination within... VMAs, VMAs, VMAs. VMAs. Yes. Yes. Um, they're focusing on like, oh, these two, you know, Female it's, a, it's a war stars. between the goddesses. And then Katy Perry ch- chimed in today. Well, Katy Perry's irrelevant. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait, oh, what'd she say? What'd she say? She wrote this like incomprehensible tweet that BuzzFeed has actually made it into a joke. They corrected it. <laughs> um, I, she someone say? should pull it up right now because it makes absolutely no sense if you read it. She's um, like. I too have things to say. <laughs> she, she, I, I don't know. It's what happens when you don't get an education. Oh, oh. Oh. You're throwing shade. <laughs> Sorry, I just think Katy Perry is like Lian's the most basic of all pop Lian's stars. She can't sing. She can't dance. Reflect. What? You know, well, okay. she has good songs handed to her, <laughs> and that's she, why she's popular. Okay, no, we had a, we had to talk about this again before we started recording. But there's so many. There are a lot of really amazing pop artists that have altered their sound style mm-hmm. etc again this is like a, the, the the reality of the industry are you still just upset that carly ray jepson stuck in your head yes <laughs> love yes. carly slay jepson I, <laughs> I just want to point that out i think she has a great voice but her She's songs so are very very catchy but in this way that i'm She's like Canadian. it reminds me of just I manufactured manufactured like it, it doesn't have any depth or meaning. It's just they know that it's a it's a formulaic yeah. sure sure to be hit, well, and it is. But that in it in essence kind of like frustrates the. Crap and that's why me. personally I prefer people like you know Christina Aguilera or Tori Kelly. You know I love have, Tori Kelly. They have more of a voice on their own, and you know. But see, but there's certain people that where they're allowed to have their own voice. They're allowed to write their own songs, and then everybody else is like, "Well, I know you have a really great voice and you write your own music, but you're a folk singer. But we think you'd be really good as like a ratchet ass whiskey brush, te- you know, <laughs> brushing your teeth with whiskey girl. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I heard Kesha's like that. What were you talking about? Kesha, Kesha, Kesha Miley. Um, you know, they have they have their own sound and they have their own style, but it's just not acceptable or profitable by pop culture. Even set, Ellie Goulding, you know. she used to be like a guitarist, like a acoustic folk singer and yeah, now she's like first, EDM queen oh. but well she's that's really, where yeah. the money is too, yeah. exactly though, right? like, so then you know would we know about all these artists if they didn't become who they are right so it's a conflict yeah. like, so Carly Rae she like, got famous based on the YouTube thing right like 
Like, I think so. Call, that was call me. What, no, call me baby. Call me maybe. Was that a YouTube thing or was that no. like no. on the radio? She was. She was signed. But One she hit was, She's been a singer no, for quite a while. From what basic thing that I understand about her is that she was a folk singer. Mm. Like a lot of the singers that we know, are very acoustic and very lovely, writes her own songs, and then now is Carly Jepsen. Call me maybe. I remember her collab with um, <laughs> collab with um, <laughs> Owl City. City. And just how? Oh my god! <laughs> and Owl City used to be like this MySpace artist who did like you know borderline gospel music. Well, like what? the song He's where he got famous for is like the lyrics are so bad. Collaboration Seattle did so a cover bad. video for that song. Shh, Wait, hold on. We have Katy Perry's tweet. <laughs> Jen's gonna read it out. I don't. Like, Hello five. Seattle yeah. is a classic. I love Hello Seattle. That's a really beautiful song. Okay. We're just hating everyone Katie today. Katy Perry's tweet mm-hmm. says, "Finding Katie Perry, it ironic." To parade the pit women against other women argument about as one unmeasurably capitalizes on the takedown of a woman. What? That's I, a Michael Scott quote. I kind of got like a vibe that I knew where it was going in the beginning and then it just lost so me. I understood it because BuzzFeed kindly broke it down to the to the, to the normal <laughs> masses, you know, who are not as intelligent as Katy Perry. But what she was basically saying is that, you know, it's very ironic that Taylor inserted herself in a conversation about not not pitting women against each other by taking another woman down, which is Nicki did, Minaj. Did she take another one? Well, well she so tried. I think she, tri- uh, she tried it. Uh-huh. And I think it's uh, Katy Perry is saying it's ironic because Taylor Swift obviously made a song called Bad Blood that kind of pits women against each other. So the fact that she's saying, oh, let's not pit women against each other. Um, she's this, Regina George. Yeah. I read this amazing article today. I don't remember where, but it was about like, uh, oh, it's called Taylor. Uh, it's called Taylor Swift is not your friend. And it's about how, like, on her most recent tour for 1989, she's been bringing out, like, the U.S. women's national soccer team, Heidi Klum, uh, Selena Gomez, like, all these random people to kind of, like, well, the way they put it was, like, she's kind of, like, showing that she's taking control of her image from being the girl who dates everyone to the girl who could be friends with everyone. But it's, like, such a calculated, almost, like, coldly calculated move. Um, now, do you think it's, do you think that's her or do you think that's her management? I definitely think it's her management. Yeah, and her publicist. So, so I want to say her. disclaimer: I freaking love Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, me and too. I, too. I think we all do, but not me. Romantics. But I feel like she's my diary. But um, <laughs> I think one thing that a friend of mine brought up a couple years ago was how Taylor Swift, as a innocent-looking white woman is able to date all these guys without these labels placed on her. Whereas if that if she were any other artist, say Nicki Minaj or anyone of color, um, people would be slapping labels on her left and right. You know? I think she's got... Well, yeah, maybe, again, to degrees. I've heard a good amount of men and women like giving her grief about the whole dating multiple guys thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's she's been exempt from that. That's my opinion. Right. Like she's 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 she does have she's managed to maintain a squeaky clean image to a de- like to a degree, to, and she's cleaned it up in recent years. Yeah, I feel like I mean with, with what she was with Jen was saying, I feel like it was almost worse. Like before, it was always a joke at award shows that yeah. oh, don't sit your son next to Taylor Swift because she'll date him so, and write a song it, about it him. It all infuriates me because like when they talk about female pop artists in general, that like. Who's I don't remember who was talking about Ariana it. This is Grande? not Ariana Grande. It's, it, they're just talking about how like why uh, being hot is uh, is key to being a successful. Mm. It's not key for a guy to be successful pop star as long as it, the music's good. He could look like, like Sam Smith. 
Yeah, like Sam Smith is not a sex symbol like the way it's not as ne- necessary for him to look a certain way. We all just love his music, right? Yeah. Again, so this is like a old it's an old gripe, but I still think it's relevant and but I think playing devil's like, advocate, what about Adele? Adele's Ooh. gorgeous though. She just I mean doesn't she's, fit like she's the, gorgeous, don't get me the, wrong. Like, what are you trying to say about Adele? Hey, I love me some Adele, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Not a hater. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, the yeah, whole, yeah. the conversations are so different. And that gets old just because, like, I don't know. The fact that if I want to be an artist and I, I still for sure feel pressure to look a certain way that I never will. And again, this is part of me being 30 now. I've fully accepted that I will not look certain ways that I was literally contemplating surgery and all these things when I was younger to, to adjust myself to fit this thing. Because to me, it was like... I need to fit this mold in order to succeed in XYZ way, right? And I've accepted that, and that's good. But well, it's mean, still there. Yeah, I mean, in a way, that's that's kind of the reason why feminism is still relevant, right? Even though people like people will argue that we live in a post-feminist world or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, never. I don't. I don't but align you know, with like feminism. the the main fact that like there are these two unbalanced perspectives on like what makes a successful artist, even like right, that's right. like proof enough, right? It's like it's just it baffles me to be in this position to like understand it in a, in a very like literal sense that it's affecting my potential career that I feel even though maybe realistically it's not true that people will be like no you just have to be a really talented artist and I was like if you are really good looking doesn't hurt you you know it definitely helps and in, in the world where like you are getting casted by how many Instagram followers and twi- you know Twitter followers you have the hotter you are, quote unquote, by yeah. these definitions, like it will help you get jobs. I mean, there will so. always be exceptions to the rule, but until they're not exceptions, they're just exceptions, right? Like Melissa right. McCarthy is like one that, you know, how long did it take her to get like a starring role in like Spy? Melissa McCarthy right? from Spy, <laughs> from Bridesmaids, Bridesmaids. Yeah. from the one with uh, Tammy. Tammy. Yeah, Tammy. Yeah. She was in the movie with Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. She's, I, she's one of the like most comedic geniuses yeah. ever. Yeah. And even, you know, recent reviews of Amy Schumer's new movie, Trainwreck, like, that's they? a movie where, hmm? Are they good or bad? They're good, right? They're 85%? good, but at the same time, there's, there's like, all this commentary that, like, you know, Amy Schumer has this, um, has this reputation of being this unapologetic, like... But she apologized. <laughs> did, did, you, did you read her thing, though? Oh, no, but, like, yeah, being, like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, like, I'm a chick that parties and, like, drinks and, like, and then, but the whole point of the movie was her becoming a normal woman for this guy. Hmm. Right. Oh. Interesting. I didn't even know that was. Wait. Like so positive. you you watched spoiler it? Spoiler alert. I was reading spoilers. Oh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Did you just Thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> but it's kind of you. I don't know. Now we have well, to put a spoiler alert. Sorry. Wait. That's like Greece. I hate the ending of Greece. Can yeah. I just say it's awful? Or yeah. like Little Mermaid. I hate the Little Mermaid. I like. I mean, she I've, literally gives up her voice for a man. Literally. Like, that's, yeah. God. That's not a good thing what? i realized really that good, like symbolism and it analysis. is and that yeah. was like i related most to little mermaid because i had issues <laughs> with my dad <laughs> and i rebelled against him so much and i felt like he didn't understand or appreciate or whatever me and like i did that for like and that's yeah. such bad messaging i would never you know but i love the song well disney's evil as we all know <gasps> i'm it's kidding true. disney's not totally well disney is slightly pretty, evil. it's disney is if not evil <laughs> the most diabolical company in yes, the world that's the best word is it they they know how to sell you shit just yeah. look at Minions. Minions yeah. are everywhere. Disney. Minions, Minions is Disney DreamWorks. bought Pixar, didn't it? Oh, it's Minions uh, is DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Oh, yeah. Well, so it's yeah. Sean's people. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> no, I mean, like, just look at... What's the last Disney movie? Inside Out. Inside Out. That's Pixar, right? 
that, that's a movie like has a great message, but also plenty of merchandise opportunities. You got five distinct cuddly characters. You got like a little elephant dude. That hey, you know, I'm all about merchandising opportunities as long as it's not you know <laughs> there's no normative but, you know kind yeah, of message I mean, out there that's sending children bad signals. I mean the thing is Disney is Disney is the most powerful like merchandising company in the world. Like yeah, they own all like the toys. They like, sell Star Wars. concepts of happiness. They literally call Disney like the happiest place on the earth. You can't be happy until you go there. <laughs> and people pay out their butts to go. They got, are going Jen on. is sold. They got Princess Jen cover. Jen has an annual pass. <laughs> they got Star Wars cover. They got Marvel cover. Like they own everything. Own, they own our childhoods pretty they, much. They you know? And are currently our adulthoods as well. Yeah. <laughs> well. You know, they have everything that sell the kids also to make the nostalgia play for like the adults too. Exactly. I'm so yeah. excited for all the merch that's gonna come out for the good dinosaur. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> oh that's oh that's a Disney movie? Yeah. When's it coming out? What dinosaur? The good dinosaur. It's a story about how Earth would have looked like if dinosaurs and humans lived at the same time. Wow. They didn't go extinct. Oh. I re- what? What? But I love dinosaurs. But it's still like cage person days. Cool. Prehistoric. Prehistoric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, after James Horner passed away, rest in peace, I want, really wanted to watch Land Before Time again. Oh. Did he do the music for mm-hmm. that? That first one was really good. He did good. music for us so yeah. many and amazing the movies. There's like 14 sucked. of those. No, now. the sequels yeah. were still great. Land They're Before good. Time was they like singing. the majority. They became I Disney. To- I used to eat yeah. like my mom's egg drop and spinach soup and pretend that it was like Sounds the star cool. leaf and just, yeah. like, and just like eat it like uh, yeah, like that first, ate them. <laughs> that first movie was amazing. And then the second one, they started singing. No, I was like, what is good. this? You don't like singing dinosaurs? I, I kind of, I, I, I'm kind of on that page movie. with you. It's a serious movie, guys, about loss and orphans. That also, and, that's also true. And finding your way. Petrie. It's a coming Petrie's of age story. Mind. I don't know why I thought of Land Before Time, but in my mind immediately went to American Tale and Five I've actually Alternative. I honestly, movies yeah, like animals, Disney. animals yeah. with with human experiences. But I thought that was such a okay, kind of bringing it back to like what word that I resonated with so much because it's about the a- immigrant. Story. Feifel goes west, and I like, don't remember much about that, but I remember I cried. Russian family. During, uh, it's a rush. It's yeah. the Mouskowitzes. <laughs> and they're dealing with living in the city, and they're like, it's such. A, I don't know. It's like, like it's living. Huh? Not country mouse and city mouse. You did you not watch an American Tale? I and mean, that's what it's called. An no. American Tale. It's talking about these it's mice that, co- that come from it? Russia. Oh, I should mice? watch it. It's honestly so good, and the music's really good. The story's good. The the Dom de Louise doing the cat. Not to ruin it, but there is like an Easter egg where like one of the animation experts like for a split second put like one cut of like porn. What? Yeah, you can look it up. It's true. I think people awful. They do that in Disney too. All of a sudden, now I'm really gonna watch it. Yeah, I want to watch it again now for sure. You can look it up. There's like a like half a second flash. That's awful. Yeah. Why would you do that to children? <laughs> but honestly, though, that those, the, both the movies, messages. American Tale and Fightful Goes West, are really well done. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like and I haven't watched a lot of animated movies lately that are like cartoon. I feel like they're do they, they still exist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to watch and see if they're good. 
I want to like be a critic. I really liked a goofy yeah. movie back then. Oh, oh yeah, that was good. The and music. that was about father son relationship. Exactly, yes, right. exactly. That made me want to like call my parents. And be like, I'm so sorry <laughs> for just being a teenager. I'm sorry. And the thing that Max does for Roxanne, it's so sweet. Oh. How do you guys remember part. movies? Wow, I like don't remember movies at all. This is what I'm saying. I'm in the right industry. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> my dad, I realized my father used to call me a movie critic since I was four. Because I would consume so much TV and movies. And, he's and like, you retain you it all, which yeah. is like miraculous. I'm, I'm a very big even. movie and music line quoter. Like, I do that all the time. Wow. That's how I quip with people. So when people answer back right, I'm like, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we good. <laughs> we good. But not everyone does, you know yeah. what I mean? So I'm like, I'm in the right place. <laughs> so everyone after the bake asks me, like, how's LA? And they kind of, you know, there's definitely like a little bit of a rivalry with NorCal, SoCal. Oh, so how's it going in LA? I was like, I love it. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay, cool. Because <laughs> they expect you to hate it, right? I mean, I, I convinced myself I hated it when I was younger. My whole life, I was like, I'm not really in LA. <laughs> Why would I do that? That's like, ugh. You, you know? sound like an LA person. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, it was like the right move for me because what I want to do is is work in media and I want to work in the arts and this is where stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. I actually hated LA before I came here too. Just right? because growing up in Phoenix, we got a lot of SoCal culture, but it was like cool to hate on SoCal itself. It's um, like a oh, lot of hate. The entire you hate country you hates. Hates. Yeah. yeah, everyone. But it was out. like, yeah. you know, yeah. I came here expecting like super bro douchiness. And I'm sure that LA does exist. But luckily and thankfully, I have only been exposed to like a very select part of LA. That's just like grassroots organizers, open mics, cool people, <laughs> podcasts. I, that's like the, honestly, that's the majority of LA. I think LA is a really fun place. There's a lot of competition to be like the hottest thing for sure. That is LA. But I don't think all of it is like unsubstantial garbage. There's definitely there is that everywhere. I think you're just very fortunate to be surrounded by good people. Yeah, like right <laughs> for now, sure. for in- for instance. Exactly. Well, one thing you this do table. miss <laughs> after leaving is just how diverse everything is here it's, compared to yeah. every, like literally everywhere else. I think like, that that really yeah. surprised me too. Because growing up in Canada, when I before I moved to LA. It was when the OC was really popular, that TV show. <laughs> everybody was blonde. Everybody lived on the beach. So when I came here to South Pasadena and 60% of my school was Asian, I was like, what? Am I in China? Like, <laughs> what is going on? So that was cast? like a huge culture shock for me. Yeah. Expectations versus reality. Yeah. Which is why it's so funny that, that a lot of people won't know what LA is really like. And LA is so heavily Asian influenced. Until you get so, here. Until you get here. Yeah. So again, let's make movies. I'm just saying. Yes, please. That's why I love the movie Dope. Like, Dope was really, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's meant to be very entertaining, and, you know, but it had a lot of heart, and there was a lot of commentary on just, like, that part of L.A. that nobody ever makes that many movies about or glamorizes. Well, if you make a movie or, about that, it's, like, it's about the gangs or, like... I mean, it's part of the yeah. story, but, I mean, I, just, I thought that Dope was really well done. It had a lot of humor. It had a lot of heart. It was, like, a reality check of just how much you don't know. Mm-hmm. about a place you think you know and everyone's like oh my god I know SoCal but this is a movie that's you know distributed nationwide and everyone be like oh damn like yeah there's a lot more to LA or wherever else yeah. you live that you just don't know that's mm-hmm. why I love movies it yeah. like shows me what I don't know well you know like we said it's always you know showing someone a new perspective on something they thought they knew is something that you know, media does well and or when badly. done well <laughs> you know, yeah when done well like can it's basically a lot of people don't travel. Right. Right. They're like where they are forever. And they're only like, you know, exposure to the outside world is 
TV movies, right. things like that, right? That's why we got to make them accurate. <laughs> so that's as possible. It's a cool thing about Dope is, you know, it's a movie set in South Central, but it's about like this group of nerds pretty much, you know? I loved it. Good at math, that's good dope. at science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been waiting. Good job to race on my You've friend. been waiting to do that, huh? Well, promote that movie. Keep in your pocket. No, that's why it baffles me. Like when you when we're in LA and we just realize how much what is made here or the decisions that are made here, how much it really can and does impact a much bigger world out there. It's it's really what you make of it. Yeah, it really. Yeah, is. And it makes you look at everything really, really differently too. Because you're not you, you see the stuff behind the scenes. You're like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you kind of cynical, which I hope it doesn't. I don't want to become like one of those cynical. Like I don't believe anything anymore. You know what's weird? I used to be a lot more cynical, but living in LA, I've become less cynical. And I don't eat. I yeah, feel like no. that's yeah. that's a vibe I got. Like living in New York, I am as cynical as I think I could possibly be. <laughs> and I honestly think my voice has changed since I moved to New York to yeah. just become more sarcastic and just like I hate everything. But then I come to LA, I'm like, wow, people are so optimistic here. They actually think that they could. Okay, this sounds stupid. I'm like, they think they can do everything. I'm like, wow, they chase their dreams here. They have dreams. This is great. This is the city of dreams. It's Welcome. So refreshing. Yeah. People, well, that's people interesting because, like, I feel like so if you live anywhere besides New York and LA, like, chasing a dream usually is going to New York or going to LA. Yeah. Yep. Right. Sorry, SF. <laughs> well, What's for some SF? people, well, it's SF a dream, now right? is like you know, tech dreams. If you're, tech like, dream. if you're an engineer, you want for you know the Googs or the face. Yeah. The face. <laughs> Am I the only one at this table who's born and raised in LA? I think so. What? I was raised in LA. He was raised in LA. Aren't yeah. you Canadian? Isn't that what Lisa? Aren't you Chinese though? Oh, I am. What? I'm the only Korean here. Ha ha ha. So in collaboration used to be all Korean. How the tables have turned. They have. I'm going to change it back to a C. They'll <laughs> <laughs> change the entire branding. Trust me, I've, like, I've, again, it's, it's so many layers of my, like, Korean-American identity analysis. Because I met PK through CASA. Mm. And I appreciate, I'll, there are things that I'll always appreciate and cherish and be really proud of. But I can't cherry pick. You can't cherry pick your identity. That's why I'm like trying to come to terms with everything. But everything in my life is already moving in that direction, forcing me to whether I like it or not. So, And actually, a lot of them have been movie driven. So we mm. shall see. <laughs> Maybe I can actually sit down and write about it one day. Yeah. So I would like to blog more. I just like don't have time. time. You should. You just blog. stretch in like so many ways. Yeah, which is why I'm struggling to down my vitamin C right That's now. what this is. It's Do you want some vitamin C right now? Blogging. Yes. This is vocal blogging. Yeah. This is. No, this is awesome. I literally, I could play this for my nieces, nephews, maybe children in the future. Oh. Yeah. Huh? Marvin, you have a big job. Yeah. You're, you're, this is my legacy, Marvin. Make me sound good. Oh, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> Edit. Edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been about a little over an hour, so... Um, I guess we should wrap up because it's getting late and we gotta gotta go. Soon. I got a flight to catch in the morning. Collab Houston. Mm-hmm. What? 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 What's the zip code? So we can give a shout out. The zip code, zip code or area code? Area code. <laughs> oh, sorry, area code. I'm a new. I don't know. Hold on. If only we had devices where we could find this information. <laughs> well, yeah. while she looks that up, uh, I guess as always, we're gonna go through some of our collaboration updates. As we just alluded to, this Friday. Friday is collaboration in Houston. If you're in Houston, you should go check it out. Um, okay, they have four area codes. 
Shout out to the 281-346-713 at 832, baby. What? what? It's a lot of area codes. Yeah, it's Beyonce's hometown. I'm going to go, like, see what's up. <laughs> go say hi to her, to her parents and stuff. Yes. What's up? I'm sure they're all in L.A. <laughs> Are both divorced. in L.A., all yeah. in L.A. Like, there's more than two. Following that, August 8th is collaboration D.C. Um, check that out in D.C. And then following that, that following week... Um, August 14th is collaboration Dallas, back in Texas. Dallas. August 15th is collaboration Chicago. Chi-town. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Leave that me alone. is what they call it. But um, we also have some LA events. If people are around, we have Plate by Plate, which we will be at on Saturday, um, July 25th. Excuse me. I, my brain is dying. Um, and then we have our K- KYCC, the Koreatown Youth Community Center. Um, we are helping co-produce their annual concert gala fundraiser, which is next Friday, July 31st. I'm so excited because we have some really great performances. Um, MC Jin will be performing with Tim B. Told. We have Wally and Dina who have performed on Broadway. We have Randall Park and his wife. We have Peter Chung, winner of Collaboration in Los Angeles 2015. And we have Babyface, who is performing with Chloe Flower, who is, is an amazing pianist. So I'm so excited for that show. And can we just plug in power? Thank you. Um, <laughs> so we're, power. we're putting boom, boom. out our first ever leadership conference. This baby has been in the works for so many years. And a lot of generations of club staff have been wanting to do this. Um, but we're making it happen. It's our first, it's our pilot conference, and we got some awesome people from arts and media, tech, and social justice, and we're just going to all get in one. Say some names. Say some names. Okay. We got, uh, shoot, why is my brain dying now? (laughs) Marvin, help me. We have um, Jenny Yang, who's running Comedy Comedy Festival that same weekend, and is going to have a show as soon as our event is over. Um, Phil Yu, Angry Asian Man, is going to be helping there. Sean Muir, our friend, is going to be facilitating. Um, we have Sunil Malhotra, who is an actor and the main voice for Prince... What's his name? The Prince, Earth Prince. The from Earth Prince from Korra, Legends, Legend of Korra. We have Bing Chen, who is the founder of Victorious and the guy who created the whole global partnership program for YouTube. We have Sam Yam from Patreon. We have Travis Graham. We have Alpha Garcia. We have Alex yeah. Huang from Run River North. We have Tamlin Tomita. We have a lot of really, really cool people. Naomi. Naomi Ko. We have Susie Roof, who just started a job at Adam Factory working with some amazing artists. So this is the time to come learn and connect with people and see where you want to go with your passions because I know there's so many creative people out there who just don't know where to start. So start with us. Come to Empower. Yay. Woo. Cool. Yay. Wait, when is it? I it is Saturday, <laughs> August 29th at the Japanese American National Museum in Little Tokyo in Los Angeles. And you can get more information at www.collabempower.org. I keep saying www. People I'm not going to, yeah, okay. people get it. So be there or be square. Cool. SpongeBob SquarePants. Be a star. <laughs> awesome. And Juliet, where can people find your stuff and where do you work now? Uh, well, plugs. you can get linked up with 18 Million Rising at 18mr.org. Uh, if you're interested in anything that has to do with tech, social justice, race, awesome people, cats, look us up. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Juliet underscore Shen and my blog is Fascinations. It's like Fascinations but with the word Asians. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I got it. All right. Well, that does it 
And thank you to Jen and Lee for joining too. I this is so much fun. I love Yay. our podcast. Yeah. It's a, I get to learn more about our friends that we see all the time, and I get to like you know yeah. hear their thoughts about different. Who things. knew Lee had so many thoughts about pop culture and? <laughs> oh, I knew that. Now I get to know what those thoughts are. I know that. Yeah. You <laughs> and you get and to he hear his podcast voice, radio voice. Hey. Yeah. Well, for all of us at collaboration, be collabatastic. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> Yay! That's what we waited for. That's gonna get cut, right? Bye, guys. Come on, ten. Nothing but vegging and sleeping in. Nine. Girls in summer dresses looking fine. Eight. Rocking my aviated shades. Number seven. Movie marathons with my friends. And six. BBQs and picnics. Number five. Playing Smash Brothers all night. Now you might think Nintendo don't depend on the weather, but my thumbs in the summer move quicker than in the winter. Four. Chilling in the bay in New York. Three. Vacays with the family. Two. Spending my summer with you and that I like it so much you're my number one too oh. woke up this morning to a tune I couldn't